Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good morning, and good morning, Mick and the boys in the background. Tour starts pretty soon. The Rolling Stones on tour. The Octagon, what do you call them, Octarians? Octagonians? Anyway, they're getting up there. Hi, I'm Lou from Littleton, and we are here till noon today. And then we're going to be followed by Mandy Connell. And you all know... That there's going to be new programming beginning Monday. Ross Kaminsky will be heard from 9 until noon right here after Colorado's morning news. Ross will cover the top stories of the day and talk about the things you care about. I highly urge you to give Ross Kaminsky a chance. Give him a listen. Um, He does a great job, leads right into Mandy, and then after Mandy O'Connell, it's the return of the KOH Sports Zoo. Dave Logan and Big Al bring you everything Broncos-related with plenty of laughs for your drive home. Nobody has a bigger laugh than Big Al. Plus, you'll hear from Rick Lewis and JoJo with their takes on the Broncos. Then at 6, it's an earlier start for Broncos country tonight with Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright. And if you're looking for Michael Brown, he's moving over to KHOW. And he'll be on there in the morning. So it all starts Monday on KOA, 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM, and on the iHeartRadio app. Boy, that rate, that music just died right out, huh, Grant? We went, oh. So anyway, uh, Grant Smith is running the board. Grant is moving with Dave to the afternoons. Dragon will be here from 9 to noon. In fact, Dragon will be here from 5 to noon with April and Marty on the Colorado Morning News. So you have a lot going on there. And give, you know, don't be so afraid of change. I, I came in yesterday. I was out of town. I came in yesterday. And the text messages were darn, darn right hateful. I'm never going to listen again, blah, blah, blah. Folks, open up your heart. Open up your mind. Give other people a chance. You can still hear Rick and Kathy every morning on the Fox. You got Logan moving to afternoons. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And most importantly, you got your cousin Lou from Littleton here today. What else do you need? It is a beautiful day outside as we head into fall, uh, mid-September. I can't believe today is September 15th. Holy cow. Is it start time? Is it time to start thinking about putting up the Christmas lights? Think about that before the weather gets too bad. So we have a lot to talk about, and 
I wanted to share a lot of things with you today. We're going to talk Broncos. We're going to talk Rockies. We're going to talk baseball. We'll talk about the California recall election. And I have some interesting stories to share with you. Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post. He'll be our guest this morning at 9.37 a.m. as he gets caught gets us caught up on the Broncos injury front. Our own Ryan Edwards of Broncos Country tonight, which will begin at 6 p.m. beginning next Monday. Uh, He'll get us ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, and you can hear that game right here on KOA with Dave and Rick, by the way. So if you're looking for a Dave and Rick combo, tune in to the Broncos broadcast on Sunday morning live from... Jacksonville. So it's a 11 o'clock start here in Denver, one o'clock start on the East Coast. So I will tell you, and I, I think I touched on this yesterday, that we have, I believe, we have the best time zone for sports in the country. You know, if you go to the West Coast, games kick off at 10 o'clock in the morning here it's 11 in the central time zone it's noon and on the eastern time front it's one o'clock well that means the the sunday night games don't kick off till 8 15 on the east coast and you know i happen to be um in new york this weekend and i went to turn on the ohio state oregon game because we usually get that at 10 o'clock in the morning here in colorado didn't start till noon I mean, heck, half the day's gone by noon. So um, it'll be interesting that um, the Broncos have an 11 a.m. kickoff their time. And sometimes that affects the team. Obviously, it never affects the Seattle Seahawks. They're like road warriors. But teams have a problem, you know, going from west to east and the early start. Now, one interesting thing, and I don't want to digress too much, Think about this. Oregon played Ohio State at 10 o'clock our time, which was noon in Ohio State, but 9 o'clock in Eugene, Oregon. And so they were, you know, they had a lot of things going against them, and they took it to Ohio State. I did not see the CU game, but I heard CU's offensive game calling was poor at best. And they weren't very creative offensively, and it ended up costing them the game. I heard Texas A&M has a great defense, but the Buffs, who led 7-3 most of the game, ended up not getting it done and losing 10-7 to the number five team in the country. So speaking of the Buffs, we have tickets to give away today. We will make sure we figure out a way to get those to you. So stay tuned for that. And then at 11 o'clock this morning, our guest will be Alex Stone from ABC. Alex Stone is the West Coast correspondent for ABC. I wanted to get him on to talk about this California recall election. And if you didn't hear Gavin Newsom Uh, pushed back the um, recall challenge, 
and he received 59% of the vote. He said that the vote yesterday was a yes to science, yes to vaccines, and yes to an end to the coronavirus pandemic. He is the second governor in the U.S. history to survive a recall election. So that'll be interesting. So I wanted to kind of get caught up with Alex to see what did it really mean? Was it predetermined basically because the Democrats outweigh the Republicans two to one in California? Was there ever a chance that the Republicans had a chance to unseat Gavin Newsom? Now, they did so back in 2003 with Governor Davis and Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, was the new governor. But I think the demographics in the last 18, 20 years have changed even more dramatically in California than they were in 2003. The Democrats, President Biden, Vice President uh, Harris, they went all in on making sure that Gavin Newsom uh, got the support from them, and they campaigned uh, aggressively, from what I hear, to make sure he got reelected. So we're going to talk to Alex Stone about that at 11 o'clock this morning. Broncos are favored again on the road for the second straight week and should be favored next week when the Jets come to town. So I can't remember the last time Denver's been favored the first three games of the year. I think the only time that would have happened was with Peyton Manning. I didn't look it up, but think about that. The Denver Broncos were favored in New York. Denver Broncos are favored in Jacksonville. Denver Broncos will be favored at home against the Jets. And depending how Baltimore plays, and I'm not sure who, oh, Baltimore has Kansas City Sunday night. So the Ravens might be 0-2 going into week three, but the Broncos play the Jets in week three, then they play the Ravens, and who knows? Maybe the Broncos will be favored there before they go back on the road against Pittsburgh in week five. So I don't know what to take from the Broncos. That's why I wanted to get Ryan Edwards and Ryan O'Halloran on because I don't know are the Broncos that good or are the Giants that bad. We'll learn more tomorrow night about the Giants when they play their Thursday night game against the Washington Redskins. Speaking of the Redskins, is it Taylor Henneke? Yes, Taylor Heineke. Heineke. Right? Taylor Heineke. And the football team, yeah, not the, the Redskins yeah. anymore. Did I say the Redskins? <laughs> oh, it's a hard sorry. habit to break. Yeah, I know. Um, but that's – hey, and speaking of that, I, you know, when they took off the name Cleveland Indians, I mean, uh, you know what? <laughs> that's, I don't even know what to say about that. I don't want to go there. I just think we are beyond – trying to be politically correct. I'll I'll make one statement on that. No matter what you do in life, you can't be 100% inclusive. There's winners and there's losers. Okay? I'll leave it at that. But, okay, I'll add one more. The way I look at our country today, we have taken this rubber band where... You know, people kind of fit into this rubber band. And we have stretched this rubber band from one side of the ocean to the other. 
to try to be inclusive to every single thought, every single wish, every single idea. Doesn't I don't think it works that way. So, all right, off that, back to what I was talking about. So, um, we were talking, oh, uh, Taylor Heineke is the quarterback for the Washington Redskins. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I said Redskins again. I meant the Washington football team. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick during the offseason and brought him into Washington, and then he got hurt last week. In fact, I think he's done for the year, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway... Taylor Heineke is the backup. He appeared in the game against the Patriots, played pretty well, um, and so he gets a shot. But what I'm hearing now is that if he doesn't perform, you know, the head coach of the Washington team is Ron Rivera, who was his quarterback at Carolina. Yep, it was Cam Newton. So now Cam Newton If this doesn't work out tomorrow night for Taylor Heineke, you could see Cam Newton in a Washington football team jersey. So just a little insight that you might not get anywhere else. Your cousin Lou from Littleton's hearing that. And uh, so keep an eye on that. So the AFC West and NFC West are both undefeated in week one, and it should be interesting uh, how things look. In week two. And the Colorado Rockies, they started the season losing 33 of their first 39 games. They were 6 and 33 on the road. Now they have won three of four on the road after getting swept at home by the Giants. They play the Braves again tonight, who they beat in Atlanta last night. Now, the problem for the Rockies, and I'm not sure if, you know, I'm hesitant to go all in on the Rockies. You know, because they've pulled this before where they get hot at the end of the year and that sort of thing. However, there's always hope, right? But the problem is the Rockies right now are in the same division as the Dodgers and the Giants. Okay, so the Dodgers and the Giants are in the same division. Now, think about this. Listen to this. You can't make this stuff up. So the Colorado Rockies are nine games under 500. The Tampa Bay Rays are 35 games over 500. The San Francisco Giants are 45 games over 500. 45 games over 500. They're 95 and 50. Okay, they have what? 17 games to go. 95 and 50. Now, Tommy Lasorda once said, every team's going to win 60. Every team's going to lose 60. It's what you do with the other 42 that are going to matter. Well, I'm not so sure the Giants, who have won nine in a row, are going to lose 60 games. The Dodgers. The Dodgers are in second place, two and a half games behind the Giants, and they're 40. Games over 500. I mean, folks, that is incredible. Now, here's another one for you. The American League East, it's the first time ever 14 teams are 17 or more games 
over 500 this late in the season. So you've got Tampa 35 over 500, the Yankees 17 over 500, Toronto 17 over 500, Boston 17 over 500. Now, I don't know if you pay any attention to the wild card races, but those are heating up. And I'm going to spend some time in the 10 o'clock hour talking about that. Um, and I've got some stats on the rocks. Um, you know, their records per month. And yes, they've been over 500 every month since June. But San Francisco and the Dodgers are way above 500 every month. So maybe we can petition the Rockies get to the National League Central and maybe switch with somebody. So I, I want to touch... On that, I also have information on Barbara Eden. I have also have information on a Washington State high school team who called off a student-led tribute to the victims of September 11th because they didn't want to offend some who see the attacks differently. I'll get into that. I'll also get into Norm MacDonald, who passed yesterday, the 61-year-old comedian. And do you know tonight at sundown begins Yom Kippur? And if you are not Jewish and you want to pay your respects to your Jewish neighbor, Yom Kippur is a somber holiday, so you don't go around going, Happy Yom Kippur! Happy Yom Kippur! Instead, you should tell someone to have an easy fast. Some have recently taken to, instead of wishing people, instead wishing people a meaningful fast. So tonight at sundown, Yom Kippur begins, and then it ends tomorrow with breaking the fast. All right, I'm Lou from Littleton. Ryan O'Halloran at the Denver Post is coming up next. So glad you're with us. We've got three pairs of CU tickets to give away. Who are they playing in this giveaway game? Minnesota. Oh, that game's here? Yeah. Oh, the, right? here come the Minnesota Gophers. I didn't know that. I thought that game was in Minnesota. So wait, whether or not it is or not, we have three tickets to give away. And if it's in Minnesota... Grant Smith, our millennial Grant, will drive you to Minnesota. Is the game here? Game's here. Okay. So <laughs> Grant won't be driving. All right. Uh, Chuck Clark's next. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the 50,000 Water KOA. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I loved David Bowie. I still do. I saw him a few times. Do you know I saw David Bowie at the Spider, at the Glass Spider Tour at the old Mile High Stadium? And who do you think was playing guitar? Peter Frampton. Really? Yes. Wow. That's had cool. A, I had a whole different image and respect for Peter Frampton when he was playing guitar for Bowie. Anyway, I'm Lou from Littleton. You're not. Don't forget, beginning Monday, Ross Kaminsky will be in this spot playing his own version of David Bowie songs right here on KOA. Alright, before we get to our next very special guest, we want to give you a chance to win two tickets to the CU Minnesota game. Kickoff at 11 o'clock. You'll be back home by 4.30. It's an early start. Here we go. Which CU tailback fumbled the ball three times but scored four touchdowns in stinking Lincoln as the CU Buffs ended up beating the Huskers 303-713-8585. First person to call to tell us what running back that was who fumbled the ball. He had five fumbles, but he lost three of them. But he ended up scoring four touchdowns in stinking Lincoln, in the rain. Your cousin Lou from Littleton was there. Final score was 27-12. Be the first caller, 303-713-8585, and you are going to the Minnesota CU game. Hello, Ryan O'Halloran. You're on with Lou from Littleton. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Lou. Good joining us this morning. Well, it's nice to have you. All right. Update us on Kenneth, on Ronald Darby. Update us on uh, Judy. What's going on? Well, I'll start with Judy. That's the more serious of the two injuries with that high ankle sprain. Uh, estimated timetable four to six weeks. So they did put him on IR. Makes sense to create that roster spot. Minimum three games missed, which shouldn't be an issue. It's time, you know, it's an opportunity for KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick to uh, step up. Um, at corner, uh, Darby hamstring injury, second to last play of the game. Uh, they feel he'd be ready. He'll be ready after the minimum three games missed. So that would be uh, uh, the Pittsburgh game. And so uh, what it does is receiver and corner going into the season was a two two positions of depth. Now you have very little margin for error, and uh, you can't really afford any more injuries at those two spots. Ryan, who will replace Ronald Darby at cornerback on sun, on Sunday? Yeah, that makes total sense. Go with Pat Sertan, uh, the rookie first round pick. He played sixteen out of sixty one snaps on Sunday, mostly in dime, a little bit outside. So. Yeah, you do that, you have Sertan replace Darby outside. It keeps Bryce Callahan as your nickel. And what I think the challenge for Vic Fangio is he wants to play dime with six defensive backs. He probably can't do that without Darby. He's just running out of corner. So, you know, probably be a, a nickel with three corners and two safeties as their primary sub package. So when you say a dime um, 
a dime uh, defensive package, that means six defensive backs? Yep, yep. And the way Vic, Vic used his four corners, uh, Sertan, Callahan, Darby, Fuller, two safeties, Jackson and Simmons, I don't think he feels ready to put a Kerry Vincent or a Nate McNair has that fourth corner. So I think they'll stick with five defensive backs moving forward for a couple weeks. You can catch him every day in the Denver Post. He's the beat writer for the Denver Broncos. His name is Ryan O'Halloran. Ryan, explain to our audience how the Broncos attained Ronald Darby. Sure. Uh, they identified Ronald as the, the best man coverage cornerback on the free agent market. And that first day of free agency, guys were changing teams all over the place. Three years, $30 million, got him to the Broncos. He left Washington. Washington signed William Jackson from Cincinnati. Shaq Griffin signed the other big tra- contracts, Seattle to Jacksonville. But Darby's been productive in his career, but he has missed time with injuries. He's missed a lot of time with injuries. So I think getting Kyle Fuller was a bonus. Drafting Sertan made sense for their de- defense. But also aware of the hey corners in this league, very rarely do you make it through now what's a seventeen game season. So the more the better at that position. Talk to me about AJ Bowie. Whatever happened to him? Oh, El Busto. Uh he's in Carolina now serving a suspension that he started here last year. And really, you know, this attrition at corner started in last year's opener when Boye injured his shoulder, missed a couple of games, came back, got concussed, missed the game, came back, got suspended and they eventually cut him. Uh, but I, Vic, Vic Fangio urged George Payton when he was hired as GM, hey, we we need to sign corners because we lost all my guys last year, Vic talking that way. So uh, they had to play Will Parks off the street as a safety, play him at corner. So you know, they do have some guys coming back from injuries in the next couple of weeks, including Darby, but right now they really can't afford any more injuries. Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post is kind enough to spend a few minutes with us. Um Ryan, are the Giants that bad? Are the Broncos that good? Or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, I mean, the, the easy answer is somewhere in between. The Giants just look terrible. Uh, they didn't really look like they prepared during training camp. I'm not sure what they did besides fight each other. And we'll see tomorrow night against Washington if they go 0-2. But I do think the Broncos had better personnel. And, you know, people may say, well, it's the Giants. They're not very good. Well, you're supposed to beat bad teams if you think you're any kind of good. And so the Broncos did that. They led 27-7 at, some, at one point, ended up winning by two touchdowns. So in order to you know, become important in November and December, you have to take care of games in which you're better. That goes for Jacksonville coming up this week. That goes for the Jets in week three. And I want to expound on that a little bit. So the Broncos have been under 500 the last four years, if I'm correct. Um, and could is it possible – for a team that has been under 500 the last four years, be overconfident heading into Jacksonville after watching the tape between Jacksonville and Houston? Yeah, and I think that's Vic Fangio's message today when he started meeting with the team is keep your foot on the gas, use all the cliches, don't look don't overlook anybody. And I think that's where Teddy Bridgewater also helps a veteran quarterback. He's going to keep this team even keel, especially on offense. You're going to lean on your leaders on defense to do the same. Hey, look, you pop in the Jacksonville tape. It was ugly, but Trevor Lawrence made some terrific throws. So he's number one draft pick. All the players on this roster are aware of him because they all watch college football. So I think 
they'll have their antennas up for Jacksonville to bounce back in their home opener, playing maybe in a little bit of the heat, and then Trevor Lawrence being able to make some plays. So I think it's going to be a game where the defense has to force Lawrence into some mistakes, and I think they will. And talk to me about the strength of the Denver Broncos defense. Well, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, Entering camp, I thought it'd be corner and edge rusher. Well, let's scratch that. Bradley Chubb hasn't played yet. Ronald Darby is now out. I still like their back end because of their safeties. They'll be able to cover. Uh, but Fuller struggled a little bit against the Giants. He needs to play better. And up front, I think the most positive development is they were able to stop the run. They, granted, they faced Saquon Barkley in his first game back. That's better than facing him week 10 later on. But if you can stop the run, get teams in third and long, that's going to play in the Von Miller Bradley Chubb when he's healthy, and then your secondary. Ryan, I appreciate the time. Uh, it's always good to read. I am a Denver Post subscriber, so every morning I get to see your smiling face on the paper or at least read your article, so I appreciate your efforts, and I have. I wish you a safe trip to Jacksonville, and uh, I think Urban Meyer is uh, a little surprised that this isn't the Big Ten, huh? Yeah, you, you know, where's Rutgers? <laughs> where's, where's Indiana? Where's Indiana? Yeah, <laughs> yeah none of those teams on the schedule, but I appreciate you reading the paper and being a home subscriber. We need all the help we can get. Thanks, you got bro. it, pal. Have a great day. That's Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post. And what we'll do at 1030, I want to get into a little more with Ryan Edwards, our own Ryan Edwards. You can hear Ryan and every night between uh, him and Benjamin Broncos country tonight, beginning Monday. Think about this. If you've waited, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get Broncos country tonight till 7 o'clock. And oh, it's preempted because of the Rockies, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's only 17 Rocky games left. And um, so we are moving, uh, we are moving Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright to 6 p.m. beginning Monday. So Broncos country tonight is going to be at 6 p.m. Now, what's happening between 9 and noon? Well, guess what? Lou from Littleton is going to be doing – no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Millennial Grant is going to be moving 3 to 9 p.m. So those of you – in fact, I have a lady, Grant, named Linda. Her last initial is C. I don't want to give out her whole name. But Linda listens to your podcast. Oh, well, thank Linda you, Linda. wanted to know where you're going. Um, Linda wanted to know why I don't give you more airtime. <laughs> uh, you know, she went on and on about Millennial Grant. But no, seriously. So Grant, Millennial Grant's moving to, and he will keep the moniker, he will move to three to six with Big Al and Dave Logan. Rick Lewis and JoJo Turnbull um, will be contributors to that program. Then no more Michael Roberts. Michael's going over Michael Brown, and Michael Roberts isn't even coming back. But Michael <laughs> Michael Brown, you know who Michael Roberts is? No, was he, he write, before my time? No, here? no, he writes for Westwood. Oh, okay. Westward. I don't know if he still does. I haven't seen that newspaper in years. But at one time, Michael Roberts was with Westward. So Michael Brown, not to be confused with the other Michael, is moving over to Cahow in the mornings. So what's happening between 9 and noon? Well, Ross Kaminsky, 
who has been over at KHAL for, I want to say, six years. He knocks it out of the park from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. He is a guest-driven, analytical, entertaining show uh, that deals with current events, and you will love the guy. Rick Lewis and Kathy Lee, you can hear them every morning on the Fox, 103.5 The Fox, from 6 a.m. until 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. So when you come on the air, when you turn on your radio Monday and you hear Ross Kaminsky, don't say, I didn't tell you. Now, one of the things that I get a lot of questions about is Millennial Grant's podcast. So I'm going to take a quick minute and ask Grant to expound. First of all, I need the name of the winner of the tickets. Michael Kimry. Okay, Michael Kimry won the tickets. And your question stumped quite a few people, Lou. We had four or five people who didn't get it. All right, well, let me tell you what the question was. In 1990, CU goes to Stinkin' Lincoln. They're down um, 12-0. Eric Bienemy loses three fumbles. CU refuses to not give him the ball. They keep giving him the ball. He scores four touchdowns. CU wins 27-12. The answer was Eric Bienemy. I got another one next hour. Tell us about the Grant Millennial Grant podcast. Yeah, so it's called Taking It for Granted. And Lou, you've been a guest of the of the program before. We had you on a couple episodes back one of my highest rated in terms of downloads episodes. So thank you for joining me on an episode. But yeah, we just go into people's life stories of overcoming hard times and then people that are just doing amazing work in their community. Like this week's guest, uh, I'm about to go live with it now, Joshua Santiago. He owns a company called, it's actually a nonprofit called Empowering Cuts, and he provides haircuts to the homeless. So it's a lot of people like that who are trying to make a positive impact on their community or have overcome some tough times. I had a guest on Dean Collar who uh, survived the Kent state massacre, the shooting back in the seventies and kind of how he's overcome his disabilities now that he's handicapped. He's been in a wheelchair ever since, but just overcoming those trying times, just trying to spread a little positivity in a time where it's kind of hard to find. So you would categorize these as inspirational. Yeah, I, I coined it a happiness podcast, but really it's just about people's life stories and trying to find that common thread between all of us, you know, show everyone that we're not that different and that we can all come together. We have a lot more in common than we do that separates us. You know, I will tell you this. I think social media has been such a great asset, but on the other hand, it's been a huge uh, negative and it's funny that you mentioned that because I get into that a lot on this week's episode with Josh because he shows the bright side of it where, you know, he gets all of his donations through social media, through all of his followers. But we talk a lot about the negative aspects of social media, too. But this week we get to talk about the bright side of it, you know, funding uh, powerful movements like his. So, again, tell us where you get it, what's the name of it, and go ahead. Yeah, it's called Taking It For Granted. And it's available everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most importantly, on iHeart's app. And it's also located on the KOA News Radio website. So if you click on the podcast link there, you can find it. 
or just search it wherever you listen to podcasts. And please subscribe, download, and leave a review. It will really help my podcast grow. And thank and, you, Linda, for listening. Yes, and if you want to advertise with Grant, you can get a hold of Grant yes, at... please do. At? Yeah, it's uh, at taking it for granted the podcast at gmail.com. I've got one advertiser, but I'm always looking for more, so feel free to reach out. Hey, leave it to your cuz to throw in a little money action. You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm new to this uh, pimping myself out, but I I'll know do you're it. good at I'll it. I'll do it for you. All right, uh, we've got a lot going on. Ryan Edwards is going to join us at 1035. Alex Stone from ABC. I want to kind of recap that uh, uh, recall election. I got some baseball on the other side. Chuck Clark's next. You're listening to the one and only, the only one in Colorado, 50,000-watt blowtorch KOA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Oh, I can never get enough of David Bowie doing Rebel Rebel. Luke from Littleton till noon. You made me a big David Bowie fan. Oh, now. yeah. David Bowie was singing back in the 70s that your mother's not sure if you're a boy or a girl. <laughs> yeah. He was ahead of it. All right. He was way ahead of it. We have another pair of CU tickets to give away today. And I'm going to give them away right now. And, you know, when I was coming up with these commercials, which I came up at the top, off the top of my head, because I was all in on the buffs from 1980, from the day they hired Coach McCartney until, uh, I don't know, mid-2000s. You know, it wasn't as much fun uh, after a while. But let's get back to the positive because, you know what? I, you know, Grant was talking about his podcast, taking it for granted. You know, folks, here's the thing. At the end of the day, it is all about attitude. You control how your day's going to be. If you continue to tell yourself you don't feel good, you're overweight, you're this and that, then you're going to waste a day. And it's all about attitude. So there's two things you can do. And believe me, it's not easy. I fight it sometimes. You can moan and groan, kick and scream, and ruin your day. Or you can say, you know what? It is what it is. And when you look around, instead of looking at What's wrong with someone? Try to find something that you have in common. Try to find something you like. Even in your marriage, you know, you married your husband, you married your wife, you married someone for a reason. You know, people really don't change. So anyway, I don't want to get off on that, but, you know, I read these texts about I'm never going to listen to KOA again and, you know... 
uh, I'm going to go listen to uh, funky music. And, you know, folks, there is a lot more to life than a new lineup on a radio station. And the most important thing you need to do, okay, is to control your own attitude. I've told my kids from day one, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. So I'm not going to give you a, a uh, uh, you know, speech here because you can hit the button. Oh, I see a couple of people hitting the button on Bellevue. All right, so we're going to go back to CU. In, 1906, in 1986, CU beat the Huskers for the first time since 1967. And when they beat them in 67, it was in stinking Lincoln. But they beat them 20 to 10. CU scores to take the lead 7-0. It was a reverse. Which CU player scored the first touchdown of the game on a reverse from Mark Hatcher. Hatcher tosses the ball, and this guy went all the way for a touchdown. CU took the lead, 7-0, ended up winning the game 20-10. to I was there. I ran on the field. It was a blast. 303-713-8585. Tell me who that CU player was that scored the first touchdown in the game against the Huskers here in Boulder. 303-713-8585 is the number. I was going through some things this morning, and I thought I'd share them with you. First of all, as I mentioned in the first hour, tonight begins Yom Kippur. So if you are not Jewish, I will give you a little history lesson. Yom Kippur is the holiest day on the Jewish calendar and also one of the most somber commemorations of the year. Yom Kippur in English means Day of Atonement and focuses on repentance and asking for forgiveness for wrongs that may have been committed over the past over the past year. So what happens at sundown tonight, uh, it begins, and then there is a fast after sundown tomorrow. So most of our Jewish friends will spend the day in the synagogue asking God for forgiveness for the wrongs they may have committed for the past year. Now, just to be careful... Okay, and I'm not talking down to you. You know, I just want you to know, you don't go up to someone and say, Happy Yom Kippur, okay? Because it's more of a somber holiday. If you want to greet your Jewish friend, you tell them to have an easy fast. So there's a little religion history for you. Las Vegas. What an event Monday night in Vegas. So I, and, and I don't know if you know this or not. There's a fella in Colorado. His name's Tim Romani. Tim was the um, liaison that built Sports Authority Field, which is now called Empower Field. 
And he was also the liaison who had, uh, who oversaw the building of Allegiant Stadium, which was much better. It was built on time. It was built under budget compared to the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So I had a chance to tour the stadium last September. And I will tell you, it is incredible how beautiful that stadium is. And they got a little disco downstairs. They got bottle service. It is totally Las Vegas. And I thought it was beautiful. But anyway, so I found this story that many high school sports games around the country have been canceled because of COVID-19. However, that's not the only thing putting players on the sidelines. Last week, Las Vegas schools had to start canceling games because they they had to, um, sorry. But what's happening now is now that the games are going on, they, have, they were canceling games because of COVID, but for the games that still go on, they're working with fewer officials. So now... They're canceling games because they don't have enough officials. A typical high school football season in Las Vegas needs around 300 referees. Well, now they're down to 177. So before it was the pandemic, and now it's because referees aren't going back to work. They found other jobs. Um, they were, you know, they were worried about their health. And some just retired. So they're finally getting a chance to play, and now they can't find referees. I'm dating myself because I found this, and I thought I would share it with you. Barbara Eden from I Dream of Jeannie. You ready? So she is now 90 years old. She says she feels great. She feels young. She regularly goes to the gym. She took spin lessons, spin classes and lifted weights until about three years ago. Now she has a trainer that comes to the house where she does resistance training and she walks around the tennis court. She's active socially. She has an appearance lined up for March 2022. If I'm around, I'll be there. I really like it. So she's also written children's books. But if you remember Barbara Eden, um, she's now 90 years old. So I'm dating myself there. One more thing I wanted to cover. Um, oh, and I wanted to tell you about this. I'll tell you this in a sec. So hold on. This really disappointed me because I happened to be in New York for the 9-11 20th anniversary, and a Washington State high school has called off a student-led tribute to the victims of the September 11th terror attacks. This was last week after an unnamed staffer said the commemoration could unintentionally cause offense to some who see it differently. The students at Lee Eastlake High School in Sammamish, Washington, wanted to coordinate the audience to wear red, white, and blue at a patriotic-themed football game, but were reportedly blocked. A student said that the unnamed staffer told them the red, white, and blue was going to be seen as racially insensitive and may affect 
people in a way that will not understand. And for that reason, we were to change our theme. There was a screenshot posted by a radio station that said the sacrifice and value our flag represents, we understand, but I think the school leadership just does not want to unintentionally cause offense to some who see it differently. So, you know, that to me is just such a horrible, horrible thing to put on these kids. These kids came up with the idea and the school now is saying that they don't want to do it. Now, the principal appeared to be taken by surprise at the notice about barring the students from wearing the color-coordinated theme. Quote, I do want to clarify that the schools do not have a right to ban students from wearing anything as long as it is not lewd, vulgar, etc. And the theme of red, white, and blue definitely would not fit into that category the principal told the parents. So that to me is just horrible, setting that precedent. What are we teaching these kids? You know, what, what do we want from our kids? Do we even have a, you know, do they even teach history in the school anymore? And I know I'm getting off on something I need to do more research on before I start babbling, so I'll be quiet. We do have a winner for our game uh, for our second pair of CU tickets, and I've got one more to give away. Um, the winner is Jeff Soup Campbell. So CU was playing Nebraska. CU that year. If I remember correctly, CU got blown out by Colorado State. Leon Fuller led the Colorado State Rams. He was the head coach at the Rams. And this was way before they started playing at Mile High Stadium. But CU started that season 0-4. They lost every non-conference game. Then they ended up winning a couple conference games. And then here come the big bad Huskers. And believe me. CU was the punching bag of all punching bags for the University of Nebraska. CU hadn't beaten them since 67. I don't think they had beaten them since at home since 63. Well, anyway, Bill McCartney, who was the best motivator I've ever seen, been around, was at, top, at the top of his game. He came to Colorado in 1982 and from Michigan and created a Michigan-Ohio State-type rivalry with CU Nebraska. However, you got to win once in a while. Well, it wasn't a rivalry to Nebraska because Nebraska's rivalry was Oklahoma. Well, CU got the attention of the Huskers on that day in 1986. The Buffs end up winning 20-10. to 10. Barry Remington makes an interception with about four minutes to go to stop the Huskers. Huskers were down, uh, I believe it was 20 to 10, might have been 17-10, and Nebraska was driving, and Remington intercepts. Colorado kicks a field goal, I believe, and they win 20-10. So that was, uh, 
That was the trivia question for the second pair of CU tickets. The winner is Dave Debus. Debus? Debus. Debus. Just De- like Jerome. Jerome Debus. <laughs> All right, Dave. Hey, enjoy. Game starts at 11 o'clock. And you can hear it on... It'll be on KHAL this weekend. Right, because of the Rockies. Because the Rockies will be on KOA. And I get the pleasure of working the game. Oh, good. And who are the Rockies playing this weekend? They are finishing up with Atlanta. I'll, I'll fill you in. It doesn't really matter. They got Atlanta tonight. <laughs> I was going to say, I've kind of... Yeah, I that's mean, fine. If for you to know the Rockies' <laughs> schedule, this weekend is not being here, fair. Here, let me check. For, I got it right here for you. They're playing the Nationals. In Washington. Correct. Oh, so they're on a they're on a road trip. Yeah, 11-game road trip, I believe, yeah. before they come back home. Yeah, and they've won four out of five on the road, and they got swept by the Giants. And I really want to get into Rockies. Because I got some great numbers for you. But first, I need to get to Chuck Clark and Ryan Edwards, the co-host of Broncos Country Tonight, which you'll be able to hear at 6 o'clock beginning Monday. We'll be our guest on the other side right here on the 50,000-watt blowtorch KOA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is 1041 on the 50,000-watt blowtorch, also known as KOA, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. And you can get us all the time on the iHeartRadio app. If you haven't heard the great news, Ross Kaminsky will be heard from 9 until noon, beginning Monday, right after Colorado's morning news Ross covers the top stories of the day and all the things that you care about. Dave Logan, Alfred Williams, the long-awaited debut of those two football giants. Dave and Big Al will be there from 3 until 6. The sports zoo returns right here on KOA. At 6 o'clock... Something that is a great move for the station. Moving it up an hour, following the sports zoo from 6 to 9. Ryan Edwards, who will join us in a minute, and Benjamin Albright will be here for Broncos Country tonight. So from 3 o'clock till 9 o'clock, you're going to have the best of the best of sports. And from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m., you're going to have talk. You're going to have news. Mandy knocks it out of the park, so it'll be a lot of fun. All right, so without further ado, let me turn it over to Ryan Edwards, the co-host 
of Broncos country tonight. How excited are you to, number one, go from five hours, excuse me, four hours to three hours and start an hour earlier? Yeah, well, thank you for the kind words, Lou. I appreciate it. I'm really excited. I mean, opportunity to have a little bit of drive time as as radio tends to view the 6 o'clock hour. So, uh, you know, certainly uh, a cool thing. Also great to be right up next to to the sports zoo. You're right. I mean, there's some legendary names that are going to be on that show. So, you know, just a really cool opportunity and and, and certainly something I know we're looking forward to. And for the Michael Brown fans, and and I think one of the things we had kind of a mishmash of of programming for a while, we would have, you know, Big Al and JoJo and then Michael Brown from 6 to 7 and then Broncos Country Tonight. Think about the the plethora of news last year. You had COVID. You had the election. So you wanted to get as much news and and opinion in as you could. And I think KOA did a great job. But now that that's kind of subsided, God willing, the pandemic is is kind of going away that we will have consistency from five in the morning until three and then from three until nine with the zoo and Broncos country tonight. So, Ryan, I'm really happy. And uh, I know you have a couple kids, right? Yes, yeah, I have a couple kids, uh, oh, nine and ten. Nine and ten. So you'll be able to help them with their homework instead of uh, getting off work at eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that that that'd be the idea. Um, I mean, I'm hoping they're in bed by the time I get home at nine. That would be a, a bad night for my wife if they're not. But uh, she she's uh, focused on getting to bed as early as possible uh, for a multitude of reasons, their health in, included. But um, sometimes, you know, rough night. Kids are bouncing off the walls for whatever reason, and. Um, I guess I'll be home to help with that if needed. Yeah, so I will tell you real quick, and then we'll get to why we had you on the air. So I have four kids, and and by the time they got to about 12 or 13 years old, and I don't want to say this too loud because I don't want to sound like an idiot, so I'll talk real soft. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help them with their homework, uh, you know, because it was just way too advanced for yeah. what I remember. So anyway, so get it while you can, because in a couple of years, you're going to go, hey, you know what, kids, you need to talk to your teacher because dad can't help you. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So, Ryan, uh, you're all over the game on Sunday. Tell me what you liked the most about it and where you saw room for improvement. Well, I, I like the, the confidence of the team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I, you know, I, we knew the defense would play confident. Those guys are used to playing with each other, and especially with the return of Von Miller. You knew that was going to give them a spark. But on the offensive side of the ball, it was a bit of an unknown. I mean, we knew there was some consistency you were hoping for with Teddy Bridgewater, but you weren't really sure what it was going to look like, if it was going to be very conservative play. And, and Broncos fans were certainly – kind of just frustrated with that, the idea of that, because you've seen Case Keenum and Joe Flacco and Trevor Simeon and, and this kind of cavalcade of quarterbacks that have come through where it's like, oh, we're going to win with defense and a running game, and that's how we're, and we're just going to not turn the ball over. Well, I mean, look, you turned the ball over, you know, right at the goal line there with Albert Okawebenon, and I'd say in years past, that would have probably sunk the Broncos. There would have been times where they're like, yeah, well, that was it. That was our chance. We had a chance to get up on our opponent. We missed it, and now we're going to have to settle for whatever we get. And this was different. They not only got right back there the very next drive, then on the other side of the uh, halftime, they went and scored on a 16-play over-eight-minute drive. So 
those are the things that, I mean, that kind of confidence. I mean, to have that specific drive, you went uh, four third down conversions. You had a fourth down conversion for a touchdown. Those are just things we haven't seen from the Broncos offense. Quickly on the other side of the things that you said that I'm, I'm concerned about, I want to see them run the ball a little more efficiently. Uh, they, they definitely struggled in that department against the Giants. I didn't think they get as much push as they wanted to. Uh, Pat Sertan is now going to be thrust into a much bigger role um, in the, the touchdown he gave up. He had a little bit too much space allowed there to Sterling Shepard. He needs to basically mind his keys a little bit more. But like I said, I mean, otherwise coming out of a win, uh, you know, they, they, they played about as solid as you could hope. Ryan Edwards, co-host of Broncos Country Tonight, joins us. You can begin hearing them at 6 p.m. this coming Monday. I thought Melvin Gordon looked very, very fast on Sunday. Your thoughts? I mean, yeah, he was the, the fastest running back uh, in the league on, on Sunday. Uh, he clocked in a little over 21 miles per hour on that run. And that was the fastest time of any running back. So, yeah, I mean – and especially because what you think of Melvin Gordon, you think of more of as a bruising back, right? I mean, we're not thinking about him as the, the speedster like Philip Lindsay. Give get him in space, and he's going to outrun everybody. Not used to that with Melvin Gordon. So yeah, that was it was a nice moment. And like I said, if if he wouldn't have had that, I, I think a lot of headlines, at least after the fact, of concerns would be boy, the Broncos run carries. I mean, just overall average were just not good enough. They need to be a much more consistent team there. But that ended up booing it, and of course we're talking about that run and and what great blocking and everything that kind of went into it. But yeah, I mean, Mel, and I, you know, we even said on the show yesterday, Melvin Gordon needed that game. I mean, there was all sorts of talk in the off season about what Javante Williams is going to mean to this team, how much is you know Melvin Gordon's role going to be diminished in this final year with the Broncos, with Javante coming here and looking like a guy that could kind of hit the ground running. I, I thought Melvin needed that game in order to sort of cement that no, I'm I'm still very valuable to what the Broncos want to do, Ryan. The Broncos, I'm trying to, to say this the right way, uh, were, the, were the Broncos that good on Sunday? Were the Giants that bad? Is there a chance that a team that has been under 500 the last four years be overconfident going into Jacksonville? I, I see the point, and, and, and certainly when I was doing Broncos React on Sunday, I got a lot of that. Well, let's see what they do against the Ravens and the Steelers and the Chiefs, and, and, and time will tell. They'll get a chance to play those teams coming up here soon. I, I think that the Broncos haven't earned any right to ever overlook an opponent, and so certainly there's a little bit of the Giants weren't good, especially on offense, and the Bron- but the Broncos haven't necessarily been good, and, and there is no taking advantage of when you're a team that's been sub-500 as well. So – it, it, it's true that they weren't playing one of the top echelon teams in the NFL on the road to kick off the season like they were last year. But at the same time, you can't take any wins or opportunities for granted. The Broncos have not been good enough to, to really say anybody should be beneath them at this point. I think they have to take every single matchup as if it's a team that they just have to go out and, and stomp them out. And, and in this case, the Broncos did. I mean, they went in and they, they, kind of owned all three phases and that's yep. kind of really what you want to see is okay if, if it is really a team that's beneath you or, or not as good as you are then you better beat them convincingly and they did i i couldn't agree more your thoughts on teddy bridgewater before he got uh chosen as the starter and then on sunday yeah, well, you know, and I, I predicted going into training camp that he would probably win the job out of it. I, I say over the course of Training camp and preseason, I thought Drew Locke did enough as the incumbent 
to get that consideration. I said I probably would have given it to him, at least if nothing else, then you get a chance to see him for this season. If he really has improved, then maybe you don't have to spend multiple draft picks to either move up in the draft to get a quarterback or go get, say, Aaron Rodgers. But they decided to go this because they really want the consistency on the field. They want the quarterback that gives them the best chance to win right now. And that's what this decision was ultimately made for. And, I mean, obviously right now it looks like a good decision. But, I mean, coming into it, you know, I, I was maybe a little higher on Teddy Bridgewater than my co-host. I was a little higher on Teddy Bridgewater than some. I, I've been a fan of his for a long time. I, I, thought he was, I thought he was a good quarterback in Minnesota. And then when he was playing as well as he was out with the Saints, I was kind of one of the people saying, this is what I was trying to tell you guys. He, you put a good team around him. He can be he can be a point guard for your offense, and you can be successful. So the Broncos are hoping to kind of recreate those situations, and at least in the early returns looks like they have. Yeah, I like him. He's cool as a cucumber. Ryan, for people that haven't had a chance to hear Broncos country tonight, give us a little rundown of what we can expect that you and Benjamin do. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think the, the way we, we try to approach the show is – we want, to, we want to be entertaining, we want to be fun, but we want to bring information that they can't really get anywhere else. You know, that's one of the great things. I've known Ben for a really long time, and when I got a chance to do the show with him, that was something I told him right from the back. It's like, man, people will come here if they're getting information they, that nobody else is giving them and, and inside information, that type of thing. And Ben has that. He's plugged in all over the league, so it's not even just the Broncos information. It's NFL information. Um, you know, so, so that was the thing that we kind of wanted to be like the bedrock of the show is like, we want to be able to give people something they can't get anywhere else. And then, you know, try to do it in an entertaining fashion. You know, we're kind of like brothers, you know I mean? We, we hang out outside of the show. We kind of talk trash to each other during the show. Um, so, I mean, you know, in, in the end, I think, you know, the way I always look at our show is, is, is kind of just a conduit for what's going on with the team. And so fans can have a chance to know, okay, well, this is what's important about the Broncos today. This is what's going on with the direction that they're headed. And and then, you know, try to have a few laughs in the process. And being the Broncos station, we have even more access than other people might have, correct? Yeah, I mean, definitely. There's, I mean, and, and you know, it's that fine line. I mean, they, they never ask us to say something. They never tell us, like, a direction on anything. But I look at it the way you just phrased it is, hey, we have the opportunity as we broadcast from the facility, the Broncos facility, we have an opportunity to give people information that they can't possibly get anywhere else. So you're 100% right. And I, some people think that, oh, well, then they're, they're you know, telling you how to frame things or telling you. It's like, no, it's, that's never, ever happened on the show. Um, we literally just try to share the information we can when we can and, and get just people more well-informed about what's going on with the team. Ryan, I appreciate it. Look forward to hearing you on Monday. You've got a great lead-in with Al and um, Dave. So congratulations to you and Benjamin, and all your hard work's going to pay off because you're going to have a lot more people listening when, they, uh, when they're headed home from their jobs. Have a great weekend. Thanks for everything, and help those kids with that homework. Sounds good. Anytime, Lou. Thanks. All right, Cuss. That's Ryan Edwards, the co-host of Broncos Country Tonight with Benjamin Albright. And you can hear them beginning at 6 o'clock on Monday. And we're going to have Benjamin on Friday. So stay tuned for that. All right, coming up on the other side, it is uh, Alex Stone. 
the best of the best of the best from ABC News. I want to get caught up a little on this California re-elect, uh, California recall election. I want to spend a few minutes on that. I got some baseball for you. Got a lot to talk to you about. A lot of people have been texting me about what was that saying I said. And so he, now listen closely. The happiness of your life Depends on the quality of your thoughts. Okay? You want to be happy? Think positive thoughts. 50,000 watt blowtorch, KOA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's 11.08 on the 50,000-watt blowtorch KOA. And I've been telling you all morning that I wanted to kind of get a recap from someone that really knows the situation about the California recall election that was concluded yesterday. So I thought I'd get someone who is the best of the best. He is the only person I know that had his radio voice fully developed at age four. And he's one of the, not only a great reporter, not only a great correspondent, but the nicest person you will ever meet and a former, well, and he is an alumni of KOA. We welcome the one and only Alex Stone. Hello, my friend. Hello, how you doing? Good. You know what? I had asked uh, Grant, I said, you know, I'd like to do something, and I didn't really want to bother you, but I said I wanted oh, to do something. you can so- never bother me. I know. So anyway, when he told me you had Alex Stone, I go, you're kidding. That's awesome. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Alex worked here uh, back in the late 90s, and he has gone on to have a wonderful career at ABC, and he's in California. And the reason I wanted to get with Alex was to talk about this California recall election. And I guess my first question, Alex, is was there any doubt regarding the outcome? Well, there was, um, because only about a month and a half ago, when the, the first polls came out that were real, reliable polls, they, one after another, they were showing that the Gavin Newsom uh, was going to be recalled, or, or it was going to be a very close call, but that there was a real chance that, that he was going to be recalled. And Democrats seemed like they were shocked in that moment that in this very blue state, and one that they felt like uh, that, that Newsom had been very strong and that uh, he had uh, commanded the, the COVID situation here, and with so many Democrats, yeah, they knew that 
Republicans were making waves and unhappy about the mask rules and the other COVID shutdowns that the governor had done. Uh, but they felt like Democrats would back him up. And then those polls came out, and it was like an earthquake in the, the Democratic Party uh, of California that they had to wake up and they had to do something, that this was going to be a turnout game, being that uh, Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one in California. Republicans are only 24 percent of the, the voters in this state. And if Democrats could just get enough Democrats to, to show up, they would win this and, and he would not be recalled. But there wasn't a lot of interest in that Democrats were not enthusiastic about it. They, they weren't focused on it. And then after that, and really in the last two or three weeks, the, the campaign really ramped up and, and, and Democrats got involved. And uh, Biden was here and Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. Uh, and then it started to go the other way. But, yeah, the, the polling and, and even going into last night, we were told the polling was not all that reliable. And even though it was showing that Newsom was, was winning and that he would not be recalled, nobody really knew what way it was going to go. And then when we began getting the exit polls early in the afternoon, when the numbers started coming in, he was pretty clear that, that he was going to survive and overwhelmingly survive. I mean, it just it was a blowout. But, but even his team didn't know going into last night. Alex Stone from ABC is our guest. He is the Western correspondent. Is that what I would call you? <laughs> that's a good title. That, yeah, that's what my paycheck says. All right. All right. So, Alex, explain. It seemed like there were a lot of, um, of candidates. And what would have happened if... He, uh, Governor Newsom lost the re, you know, lost, and they voted to recall him. Was there one particular candidate that led, or how were they going to decide who replaced him if, in fact, he did get recalled? Yeah, so there were two questions on the ballot, and they were totally separate questions. Number one was, should Gavin Newsom be recalled? And if over 50% of those who voted uh, said yes, then it would advance to question number two. If they said no, as they did, then it was a hard stop right there, and the recall was over. And you know, so Republicans early on thought if they could keep uh, Democrat interest low, they might win this thing just by turnout, that you could have 10 people vote, and if 50% of them say they want the recall to go forward, boom, California gets a new governor. California has a really unique system that now many want to see uh, changed up, that uh, it takes a, a relatively low number of signatures to get a recall going. And then if you can just get some turnout, you can get a new governor and, and overturn the, essentially the, the mass in the state uh, if they're not paying attention. So the, uh, the, the early ground game was, hey, just get every Republican out there. They're angry. Yeah, they've been ticked off from the beginning about California's COVID rules, and then maybe Democrats won't vote, and, and there would be a new governor. So if they had said yes, then it would have gone on to question number two, and there were 46 candidates. I mean, everybody from Caitlyn Jenner to Angeline to, um, I mean, porn stars, people you had never heard of. Um, I mean, everybody. It's a California uh, recall. Same thing happened in 03 when, when Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor that celebrities, I mean, just random people who say that they wanted to be governor, and, and then they were on the list. But the, uh, the leading Republican candidate was uh, talk show host Larry Elder, 
And that was, uh, you know, probably the Republicans shooting them in the, themselves in the foot that they made him the, the leading candidate. He came in late. And before he came in, that's when Gavin Newsom, it looked like, might have been recalled, that, that some of the candidates were more middle of the, the line. And the, the thinking was Kevin Faulkner, the, the former mayor of San Diego, that he could pull in Democrats and independents who were unhappy with, with Newsom, but they, they were willing, kind of like happened in '03, where Arnold Schwarzenegger was not that far to the right. And, yeah, he believed in, in uh, global warming and uh, instituting emission standards. So he was able to pull in independents and Democrats to, to come to, to his side. Larry Elder is very in line with President Trump. He uh, thinks Roe v. Wade should get tossed out, doesn't believe in a minimum wage, wanted all COVID rules tossed out. Democrats and independents in California are not going to go for that. And with only 24 percent of the, the vote, uh, well, the, the makeup of the population in California, Republicans have got to get independents and Democrats to, to come along with them. And so th- this was the problem, that if you have a candidate that, yes, rallies the Republican base and gets them excited and, and uh, yeah, talks to, to, to uh, folks in more rural areas of California and in Riverside and San Bernardino counties. They hear what they want to hear, get rid of the COVID rules, no minimum wage, get rid of Roe v. Wade. They get enthusiastic behind that. But, again, with only 24 percent of the voter makeup, they can be as enthusiastic as they want and they're not going to get elected, that they need to pull in the other side. And Larry Elder did not do that. And as Larry Elder's stardom rose in, among Republicans in California, it quickly, and it, I mean, it happened simultaneously, where the likelihood of Newsom being recalled was going down by the day. And we, uh, we talked to a former aide, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yesterday, the way he put it. He said Larry Elder was the best thing that happened to Gavin Newsom since hair gel. And uh, you know how much uh, Newsom likes his hair gels, looking back the, the hair. Yep. That, uh, that, that, that is what saved him. Had Republicans gone with somebody who maybe they didn't like as much because they were more center-lined, they probably could have gotten the recall. But they went with Larry Elder, who was very much in line with, with President Trump's uh, ideals. And among the overwhelming voter makeup in California that is blue – uh, they, you say Trump, and that is like poison in the water. And so that's all Newsom had to do. He kept having to say, and Biden said it when he, he was here a couple of days ago, that if you vote for Larry Elder, you're voting for Donald Trump. And, and that, that did it for Larry Elder, and, and he couldn't get elected. Alex Stone, our Western correspondent, or the Western correspondent for ABC News, joins us. And Alex is an alumnus of KOA, and I had the great opportunity to work with Alex when years ago when he was just starting and um, I'm so glad we reconnected. Alex, what does this mean for the election for Governor Newsom next year? You know, it's a good question. And who's he going to be assuming that that he runs for re-election? We assume that he will. Who will he be running against? And I mean, we're only a year away. This recall has been going on officially only for a few months, but it, but it was really going on last year. So this campaigning has been going on for a year. So we're going to get right back into this. And Larry Elder is indicating that he's going to run uh, again. Well, here, here's what he said last night. What happens after all of this? As a former radio host, 
Let me just say this. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And we think that stay tuned means that, that he's going to run again. He was saying yesterday that he now believes he is a force in California politics. But the turnout, yeah, he was the, the leading candidate. But that was mainly among Republicans who, who were voting for a name to replace uh, Newsom. That there are members of the California GOP who are saying this isn't going to work. That if we have the exact same race again, we're going to have the exact same outcome and there's going to be a blowout. Also interesting the exit polling gives a lot of insight into last night that, and it shows you just how blue California is, that it showed a majority of Californians are happy with how Newsom has handled COVID, uh, and it was COVID that kind of created the whole recall election. Um, it, it showed that more than two-thirds of voters said they feel like COVID in California is getting better. Sixty-three percent said getting vaccinated is a public health responsibility, not a personal choice. Seventy percent of voters in California said they support mask mandates. And then there's this. Forty five percent said Newsom's policies on COVID have been absolutely right. And then add to that 18 percent more said Newsom's policies have not been strict enough and they would like them to be even more strict. That that's going to be hard to go up against if the whoever the Republican is next year. But if it's something as, as somebody as far to the right as Larry Elder how do you overcome that? But but he is indicating that he will probably try to run next year. Alex, what a great breakdown. Thank you for the detail. I was trying to understand it all, and, and I'm glad you broke down how the ballot broke out, what it looks like for the future, and just how strong Gavin Newsom was based on the Republican challenger that was very far right, and that does not work in California. Maybe Oklahoma, but not California. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people may say, well, uh, who cares what's going on in, in California? We're in Colorado. Uh, yeah, California has 40 million people. It is the fifth largest economy in the world, if it were its own country, that it almost is like its own country. And the governor here really is uh, like a, a president in, in certain ways. And where he goes and the entourage and the motorcade and uh, the you know, security apparatus around him, that uh, it's a, it, it, what happens in California does impact and then would have impacted had the governor changed the, the makeup of the Senate. That now likely won't change. Uh, but the, uh, it, it has a big impact on everybody. And, and, you know, this one was interesting because the polling numbers were all over. Yep. Obviously, coming off of last year's election, there was a lot involved in this. Alex, what is the next story that you're looking at in California? I haven't heard much about fires, thank goodness. What have, what's the next step for Alex Stone? Oh, you know, I don't know. There have been a lot of fires. Most of them have been up in, uh, in northern California. We've covered them a little bit. We're going to get our first round of Santa Ana winds next week, which is a bad thing. Uh, that means Santa Ana's normally come in kind of end of September through end of November, and that's when all hell breaks loose uh, in California. And so I'm sure we're going to get that, and uh, they're already coming next week. And I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Well, you're, you're the best. Thank you so much. Be safe out there. Take care of yourself and the family. And thank you for a great, great, uh, all the great information you just gave us. You rock. Thanks, Lou. You rock, too. That's Alex Stone. He's the absolute best, a big fan of, uh, I'm a big fan of Alex. And, and folks, let me just tell you real quick that, so Alex, so I'm doing radio back in 1997, 98, and Alex Stone was 
in Boulder at CU, and I would hear this guy on Friday nights, and he had the voice, deep voice and everything, and here it was, some 18-year-old kid that turned out just, I'm just so glad I got to work with him. All right, half hour to go. Mandy's coming up at noon. I'm sure she'll have a ton to talk about, but first, Chuck Clark in the news on KOA 850 and 94.1. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. tell you if you don't get in a good mood after listening to bowie do diamond dogs what the heck it's all about attitude folks hey for you stock market lovers i just took a little look and i'm not sure why but the dow jones is up over 270 points the s p's up over 36 the nasdaq's up over 75 so Good news for you stock market fans and your 401ks and K1s and all those other things that they have. So, you know, David Bowie was one of the first people that sold the rights to his catalog. Um, I know Michael Jackson did it, or Michael Jackson bought the Beatles one, but Bowie ended up selling his catalog for like 50 million. Then he died a few years later, not very long. All right, starting Monday, we have a new lineup on KOA. I have been besieged by Texas to bring back Dave and Rick and Lois and Lo- uh, Logan and Lewis and Kathy Lee and folks. It is, it isn't happening. Okay. He's not here. But the reason is this the job of the KOA team is to bring you the best of the best. Okay. What is better than having consistency from five in the morning till three PM with news, talk, uh, with the new uh, person who has been currently on KHOW for six years. These are pros. Ross Kaminsky is a pro. General talk, covers the top stories of the day, talks about things you care about. He has great guests. So he's going to be on from 9 to noon. And Mandy Connell, who is tougher than Mandy Connell? Uh, she is the best of the best, and she'll continue to be here from noon to 3. Plus, you have April and Marty from 5 to 9. But then at 3 o'clock, it doesn't get any bigger than Dave Logan, Alfred Williams, Rick Lewis, JoJo Turnbull. 3 to 6, the sports zoo. 
Okay? So if you're still listening, you, you'll still hear Rick Lewis in the afternoons. You'll Kathy Lee and Rick are on in the mornings on the Fox. But then, so we're going straight sports from 3 to 9 p.m. So then the most underrated show on the program, in my uh, on the station, in my opinion, is Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright are all in on the Denver Broncos. So the, instead of them going from 7 to 11, they're going from 6 to 9. And so you'll have the lead-in from the zoo into Ryan and, and Benjamin. And I'm telling you, folks, you, you know what? I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to say I told you so. And you're going to go, you know what, Lou, you were right. Dave fits in so good with Al. Rick fits in with Al. JoJo and, and Al and Rick and Dave fit in together. Ross is a rock star. I mean, what the heck? All right. So there you have it. Real quick before you move on from that, uh, if listeners want a chance to hear Ross, he's going to be on with Mandy in the first hour of her show today. So oh, you get awesome. a little, little preview of what to expect in this time slot. There you go. And then he's going to be on with me Friday. Um, and he's great. And he does the show topless, which is incredible. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's what makes the show for me. Yeah. They live stream it all. They're all on video. And you get to see Ross with his shirt off every day. Just kidding. That's pretty funny. Yeah, he, he wears his shirt. He wears his shirt. All right, so a couple things real quick. Um, you know, I got... A lot of comments about that little saying I had. So I have another one that I have hanging on my mirror every time I brush my teeth, which I do pretty regularly, at least once a week. Wow, you're really stepping it up lately. Stepping it up. So it goes something like this. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your health instead of your wealth. Count on God instead of yourself. So there you go. There's another one that keeps you positive. Folks, we're only here for a short time. And the more positive you are, just one day at a time being positive, the better off you will be, I promise you. All right, we have one more. CU ticket giveaway. So the Buffs are playing Minnesota on Saturday at 11 a.m. Kickoff is 11 a.m. And Minnesota, you better watch out. So the first question we asked was the CU tailback who lost three fumbles against the Huskers but scored four touchdowns that same game. That was in 1990 when CU beat Nebraska 27-12. In 1986, CU beat the Huskers 20-10. Which CU wide receiver scored the first touchdown on a reverse? That was Jeff Soup Campbell, who I saw him a couple years ago. He sells medical supplies in Colorado, or at least he did. What a great, great, great guy. All right, final question. If you have the answer, you call 303-713-8585. 2001. The number one ranked Nebraska Cornhuskers 
with Frank Solich coming to Colorado to face Gary Barnett and the CU Buffaloes. There was a CU tailback who not only ran for 198 yards, but he scored six touchdowns. CU wins the game 62-36. to What was the name of the running back who scored six times and ran for 198 yards? Lines are going to be open in just a second. And here we go. 303-713-8585. Be the 439th caller. Is that okay, Grant? No. Be the first caller and we'll get you in. All right, those are for two tickets to CU versus Minnesota. All right, Rocks are on fire right now. They are currently 67 and 78. They started the season 6 and 33 on the road. They've upped it to 22 and 51. They got swept by the Giants at home and then abruptly went to Philadelphia, who's in the playoff hunt, and they beat them three out of four. And then they beat Atlanta last night. So I did a little research and, and looked at the Rockies. In April, the Rockies were 9-17. and 17. In May, they were 11-17. and 17. In June, they were 14-13. and 13. July, they were 500 at 12-12. and 12. They were 14-13 and 13 in August and 7-6 and six so far in September. Well, that sounds good. They haven't had a losing record since May. So they've gone four straight months with a winning record. However, their competition inside the division has done the following. San Francisco, who, by the way, listen to this number. San Francisco is 45 games over 500. 45 games over 500. Now, I believe the Seattle Mariners won 121 games in 2001, which was the record. Lou Pinella was the manager of that team. And they promptly lost to the Yankees in the first round, but that's beyond the point. But think about this. They're 45 games over 500. The other team in the division is the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are 40 games over 500. So San Francisco went 16 and 10 in April, 18 and 10 in May, 16 and 9 in June, 15 and 10 in July, and 19 and 9 in August. So San Francisco goes 19 and 9 in August. The Dodgers go 21 and 6. The Rockies, respectable at 14 and 13. Seven games behind the Dodgers for the month and four games behind the San Francisco Giants. So the problem the Rockies have is they're in the wrong division. And they may be for a long time. Um, The Dodgers are loaded. We've been talking about the Giants, or I have been with my friends, this can't last, this can't last. They've won nine in a row. And they've scored six runs or more in each of those nine games. So you talk about the stretch run, September. You had these teams in the playoffs. So, for example, the wild card is pretty big right now. You have in the National League, Cincinnati is a half game out. San Diego is one game out. Philly is three games out. The St. Louis Cardinals have won four in a row. 
and they now have the final wild card spot along with the Dodgers. But, you know, when you hear about, oh, this team has to win or this team has to do this or do that, let me read something to you. The San Diego Padres are now 74-70. and They're one game out of the wild card. In their last 30 games, the San Diego Padres are 9-21. and 9-21. and Here's a team that had to win to stay in the playoff race, and they've lost 21 of their last 30 games. Another team that, oh, they, they're going to make a run, and they made some trades. The Philadelphia Phillies, who are currently three games out of, out of the wild card, they're 13 and 17 their last 30 and 3 and 7 in their last 10. And three of those losses were against Colorado. So when I hear that, oh, this team's got to win or this team's got to win, and then somebody places a wager because, quote, they have to win, they ain't winning. The Cincinnati Reds last night, they lost to the Pirates. They were down 6 nothing. They were 9-1 and one against the Pirates. The Cincinnati Reds are a half a game out of first place. They've lost seven of their last 10 games. In the American League, it's getting crazy. The Yanks, who won 13 straight, then abruptly went 3-7 and seven in their last 10. The Yankees, Toronto, and Boston are all tied for the last two wild cards. So... There's only two wild card spots, and then you play that one game. Well, the Yankees, Toronto, and Boston are all tied. Only two of them are going to get in there. So, I've, you know, and here's another one for you. The only division in baseball, and it's never happened before as far as I know. Every team, it's four of the five teams are 15 or more games over 500. Right now, they're 17 over 500. Boston, 17 over 500. Toronto, 17 over 5. 17 games over 500. And Tampa is 35 games over 500. Uh, toughest schedules, San Diego, they're in trouble. I'm predicting right here on the Ross Kaminsky show, How's that new sound, Ross Kaminsky? And let me know who won the tickets there, Grant. Um, You're not going to believe it, but I'll let you know shortly. No, tell me. You ready for it? Yeah. The guy's name, Chris Brown. No. (laughs) Yeah, with an E at the end. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So the question was, which CU running back ran for 198 yards and scored six touchdowns against the Huskers in that 62-36 shellacking. And I'll ne- if you were there, you'll never forget it. But anyway, uh, the winner, the runner was Chris Brown, who played for Tennessee and Houston, I believe, after he left Colorado. And I don't remember, but there was one play that the, the uh, Buffs ran over and over and over and over again. Um, it was incredible. So um, they ran a play. Anyway, they beat it. They, and then Miami University played Nebraska and killed them in the uh, Rose Bowl. All right, that's going to do it for me. You're my hero, listener. I want you to stay positive. I want you to 
make an adjustment to your attitude because you are the only one that can control it. Remember, the happiness of your life, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. I'll see you tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.